we are back and everything is bad terrible bad awful no good very bad bad morning maybe not a good one thank you for getting through it with a six pack the scanny six pack the only podcast talking all things with wisconsin sports with you six days a week I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can find me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast at Scani Six Pack for the latest update in Wisconsin sports. This is bad. Um, and I want to get into it. I want to get into Wisconsin. And it's historically awful defensive performance at Indiana. Off the top, though, I do want to address the the, the short hiatus we, we took here. Um had some stuff to take care of, got it taken care of for, for the most part. Um, but we're, we're back and, and we'll be back on our, on our regular six day a week schedule going forward. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll get into more of what we're going to do the remainder of this week, uh, at the mid mid break of the show. But before then, uh, I want to say thank you to, to a couple of you who, who reached out and asked, you know, Oh, Hey, Hey, where, where'd you go? Uh, I'm, I'm back. No, no sweat. Had some things to take care of. Had to travel across the country. Uh, got, got back to where I needed to be and everything's all, all hunky dory now. So let, let's talk about this Wisconsin basketball loss to the Indiana Hoosiers. One that is bad. Um, <laughs> as you may have heard at the top of the show, it's pretty bad. Uh, Wisconsin loses 74 to 70 in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, in a game that, I for quite some time really thought that I was going to go ahead and, and use and and tr try to get some credentials for and glad I did not uh make that call because oh man I I wouldn't be having a very good time in Indiana right now um I I'm glad that I've gotten to sit here and digest this one at home on my own because most of the time when I record these, particularly after a loss, I do so after letting some additional things roll in. Sometimes I like to read some other things that people have been writing. Um, like to wait for post game interviews to wrap up. Of course, you know, I, I do that myself when I'm at the call center reporting for Badger notes, but I still like to do it even when I'm not at the games myself because it gives me some time to really think about what it is I want to say and oftentimes leads me to be a little bit less emotional, more thoughtful when going through this and oftentimes just getting less worked up about, about a loss in particular. I'm maybe more worked up now the more I've gotten to sit and think about this and listen and look at the numbers and my notes. I think this is even worse of a loss than I had initially thought it was for, for Wisconsin. And look, this Badgers team is just a shell of what it was earlier in the year, a shell of a team that rose all the way to number nine 
in the Ken Palm rankings and is now down to 23. Not great. Um, started the season at 20 and now at 23. Largely, the difference here is because of the defense. And there are some Wisconsin players who got theirs on offense, and there's some offensive stuff to quibble with here, and we'll get into that on the back half of the show. But the defense really is the story coming out of this game. And we've talked about it in short on the show before in some of my writings over at Badger Notes. And now it is very clear that there's something very, very, very wrong with this defense. I want to get into the nitty gritty of the defense itself first and then give some top level observations. If you look at the box score of this game, Wisconsin allowed Indiana to shoot 61.7% from the field. That is terrible. Indiana, which is already a pretty decent shooting team on the season, had been shooting 54.2% just from two. So the highest percentage shots that Indiana gets off on the year. The Hoosiers were making 54% of them. Wisconsin allowed Indiana to make nearly 62% of all of their shots from the field. Wisconsin allowed Indiana to make 43% of their threes. Indiana is a bad three-point shooting team. Bad. Shooting fewer than 32% of their threes. Not great. This is an Indiana team that scored 1.25 points per possession. That is an abysmally, abysmally terrible shooting performance. Mike Woodson, who is on the hot seat at Indiana. Indiana is kind of floundering in the abyss right now, in, in the grand picture of things. And if you want to talk about floundering in the abyss and the red guard, we'll, we'll touch it a little bit on in the back half of the show. But Mike Woodson, I think, is probably getting fired. They, Indiana has a reason to do so because one of the hottest coaching candidates this offseason is going to be Dusty May at Florida Atlantic, who is an Indiana grad, a former Indiana basketball manager. So Indiana has plenty of reason to move on from Mike Woodson and go get the hottest coaching candidate on the market. Despite that, Mike Woodson was able to just go to the well and just spam pick and roll over and over and over again like he was Doc Rivers with <laughs> Damian Lillard and uh, and Giannis Antetokounmpo on his roster as I, I think <laughs> the Bucks are winning by like 60 tonight against the Hornets. But Mike Woodson was able to just spam pick and roll over and over and over again because nobody in Wisconsin's backcourt can defend a high ball screen, can get over and around a high ball screen. Chucky Hepburn looks like he's, I, I mean, fighting for his life out there, not able to catch back up to the primary ball handler, not able to slip, I mean, slipping over the screen again and again and again. 
and just not not getting to where he needs to be and leaving Stephen Crowell out out on an island down low. Who, granted, I do not think looked good in this game either. But he didn't get a lot of help from from the folks at the top level of the defense. And that's the thing that we've complained about on the on this show before is that Wisconsin has and Greg Gard has complained about before, and I've pointed out that Greg Gard has complained about before is that this team allows dribble penetration and did so against Michigan in particular. I think was the point in time that I pointed this out on the show. This team allows dribble penetration like no other. I think one of the other times I pointed out is that um, many of the buckets Iowa got against Maryland were based were from dribble penetration. And that was something that Wisconsin was probably going to be wary, wary about. And yeah, like Wisconsin just can't stop anybody from, from getting anywhere close to the hoop right now. Stephen Crowell looked like he was putting a blender uh, for, for Wisconsin and didn't help that you got very limited minutes out of Nolan winter. Doesn't help that. You know, I think the Marcus Silver experiment is not going very well in lieu of Carter Gilmore. But this Wisconsin defense is just awful, and it's just allowing teams to score at an absurd rate. High-level stuff. After the fact that Stephen Crowell is put in a blender, he let Khalil Ware get just anything, anything. He wanted Khalil Ware with 27 points. The sophomore just taking Stephen Crowell the fourth year to school. Just looking brutal. And yeah, Khalil Ware is an NBA talent, but and Stephen Crowell is not. But that's just brutal. Uh, Khalil Ware, 27 points on 11 of 12 shooting. Looking like he was wide open and just able to get anything he wanted around the rim. He also added five blocks of his own on the night, not to mention 11 rebounds. Mackenzie Mbako looked quite good as well. Malik Renew looked quite good as well for Indiana. Just not, 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 not a good night. Adding Trig Alloway, who had 12 assists, right? Like Wisconsin just couldn't stop anything. This is how bad Wisconsin's defense is. And we should know that it's bad because Wisconsin is allowing teams, bad offensive teams, to get theirs against the Badgers. Indiana, 105th in, in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, put up 74 points. Rutgers put up 78 points. One of the worst offensive teams in the country, according to Ken Palm. Right now, there is only one Wisconsin defense that has had a worse adjusted defense efficiency, efficiency ranking, according to Ken Palm, over the last 18 seasons. Wisconsin is 54th in adjusted defensive efficiency since the 2005-2006 season. Only one other team, the team in 2018, had a worse adjusted defensive efficiency, and that team finished below 500 on the season. If you want to go back like further and even just make it teams that have finished sub-50, there have only been three Wisconsin teams that have finished sub-50 
in adjusted defense efficiency in the last 18 seasons. And that third team was the 2011 team, which finished second in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. And right now, this team, for as good of an offense as it is, 16th in the country, is not that. Is not that John Luer-led offense. It's not good. And in terms of historically bad defensive performances on an individual basis, Wisconsin... I mean, I don't know how it gets worse than that, right? Like, it's not good. It's not good. Um, With how bad the defense is, you need something better from the offense. And the offense did not provide anything close to an all-star level performance. And it's maybe what we should actually be pointing at as the historically awful single game performance beyond the 1.25 points per possession allowed by Wisconsin. Uh, and we're going to get into, you know, that part of it, the Wisconsin awful offensive part of it. Uh, it but first, I want to talk to you about our friends over at TickPick uh, because TickPick is where I get tickets to any game that I would like to go to. Uh, any game, concert, sporting event, whatever, you know, fancies your weekend, your evening. Maybe you got to go to Bloomington for this one. Saw a good number of Badger fans in the crowd. Hope you had an okay time, I guess. Um, but the best thing about TickPick is that you never pay hidden fees on TickPick. TickPick does not believe in hidden fees. It's where I go to get all of my no-fee tickets. For any event that I would like to go to, concerts, comedy shows, Wisconsin basketball games, Milwaukee Bucks games. Uh, and if you use my link in the podcast description, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order on TickPick. Uh, it's a link that's on the screen now. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app. It's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Save 10 bucks on your first order and never pay service fees, delivery fees. Never pay these hidden fees that other ticketing apps are going to sell you ever again. Uh, coming up this week on the show... Tomorrow, we're going to have an episode talking about Wisconsin women's hockey, because although I think this Wisconsin Badgers basketball team may be flaming out in March, uh, this Wisconsin women's hockey team, I do not think is going to be doing that after they got a big split in the series over the weekend against Ohio State. Um, and they're, they're on the quest to win the national title. And I think my my belief in them is renewed that this is a, a real national title contender. Uh, after watching that series. So really excited about that. We're going to talk to Noah um, Noah Clark of 1070 The Game. Is that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we're going we're to take care of that tomorrow. Uh, Friday, I'm going to have some preview thoughts about the game against Illinois that Wisconsin is going to play on Saturday and Saturday. I'll actually have an episode in your feed that I'm going to record on a Friday with a very great guest. Uh, one of my favorite bracketologists on the internet. We'll, we'll talk a little Wisconsin basketball, uh, bracketology and man, if there isn't a better time to start talking about it, uh, because that will be the very beginning of March. That will be in the middle of what is going to be a, a fascinating stretch run for, for Wisconsin as they try to put it together. Um, I want to address the fire alarm shenanigans because how, how could we not? 
with just over 10 minutes to go in the game against Indiana. All of a sudden, the crowd is being evacuated. Not just the crowd, but media, everyone is ushered out of the building in Bloomington. Apparently, a fire alarm was pulled. Apparently, there was a, a smoking elevator, uh, according to Matt LePay, radio voice of the Wisconsin men's basketball and football teams. And yeah, that, I mean, that's that's weird. Definitely weird. You do not see that every day that a game is evacuated in the middle of it, in the middle of a big time college basketball game. And it happened relatively quickly. Looked like there was going to be a big delay. It ended up not being a big delay in the game. But teams come back, get back warmed up. Game is resumed in, I don't know, felt like it was less than 20 minutes. But Greg Gard, after the game, was asked about this in his post-game presser. He said he's never had a situation like that happen. And he went on to say, I thought it was a great timeout for whoever from Indiana pulled the fire alarm because we were making a run. You can go back and watch the clip. He meant that. And that is some loser BS crap. I've sat on the show. I think I'm something of a Greg Guard defender. Wouldn't be surprised if others have called me an apologist. That is some loser crap, Greg Guard. Blaming you not being able to finish the run against a bad Indiana team, an Indiana team that is ranked sub 100 at Ken Palm. You're not getting the job done. And you are going to cry foul about, oh, whatever Indiana fan pulled the fire alarm. Like you're a salty 49ers freaking fan after the Harbaugh Bowl. Give me a break. That is just sad. That is loser crap. You go out and you play to win the game. Really? Come on, man. It was a tie game. You were in a tie game against the 101st ranked team in the country. You are ranked 23rd. We're ranked up to ninth in Ken Palm. We're ranked up to sixth in the AP poll. And you can't go out and finish the job in a tie game with 10 minutes left against the Indiana Hoosiers that are about to fire their head coach. That is loser crap, Greg Gard. Unbelievable. Um, in his offense, we talked about the defensive lapses, how this was just an awful defensive performance. But this was a bad offensive performance, too. There, there were some good guys playing on offense. But this is a bad defensive performance. Or, sorry, bad offensive performance through the lens of shot-taking in this one. Um, first of all, bad defensive performance. Wisconsin allowed its fourth worst two-point shooting percentage of all time uh, in the Ken Palm era. Indiana shot 69.7%, nice 0.7, from two. That is the that is the fourth worst mark in program history in the Ken Palm era. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. And if you want to put that up against the the slate, the, the record that this team has made for itself as a defense three of the top 10 worst two-point shooting 
marks that this team has allowed in history in the Ken Palm era, three of those 10 have happened this season against Arizona, against Providence, and against Indiana. Brutal. I think a more notable thing about an awful, historically bad performance in this one is actually kind of on the offensive side. And that is that this team's free throw rate. And there have been times that I have harped on, that I know Greg Gard has harped on throughout the year, that this team just needs to play through the paint, needs to get the ball into Stephen Crowell, needs to get the ball into Tyler Wall. It's a better team when they play through the paint, when they can force themselves to the line, when this is a team that attempts more free throws than its opponents make. This is a much better team when doing that. Now, this team has a free throw rate that ranks 122nd in the country. Oh, sorry. Uh, Free throw attempts per field goal attempts ranks 122nd in the country. And in this game, this team got to the line on only 4.3% of its possessions. That is the sixth worst mark in program history in the Ken Palm era. Wisconsin attempted three free throws on the game. All three of them came in the first half. All three of them came in the first half. And that's because Wisconsin just decided that it was going to settle for threes the rest of the way. Wisconsin decided that we're not going to attempt difficult shots. We're going to chuck up threes and just be good with it. This Wisconsin team, although it doesn't look like they shot just a ton, a ton, a ton of threes, 26 attempts from three on 69 total field goal attempts. It's a little bit above their average in terms of a percentage of those shots. But it was the way that some of these players were choosing to take these shots. And it's AJ store in the second to last offensive possession for, for Wisconsin choosing to chuck up a three instead of continuing the sequence with about half the shot clock remaining. It was a fine shot, but just felt like the wrong time to do it. And it felt like it was a, a something of a heat check moment from an AJ store who made it, made a big three earlier. Max Klesman shot three of eight from three. I think that's like fine. Chucky Hepburn shot two of seven from three. This brings me to our MVPs and NIPs of the game. Most valuable player and needs improvement players. Um, Chucky Hepburn, I thought was pretty valuable in this game. And I think there were some spots for improvement. Two of seven of shooting from three. The best shots he, he was taking. And he shot six of 12 on the night. So four of five from inside the arc. The best shots Chucky Hepburn took on the night were when he was driving to the hoop, when he was trying to create something by getting dribble pen- penetration. The very first possession of the game, Chucky t- took but missed an open three. I thought that was a good look. It's a good sequence with some, you know, high, high perimeter action leading to an open, leading to a dribble handoff from Stephen Crowell that led to an open three look for Chucky Hepburn. I thought that was fine. Take that. 
But there was another time where, you know, Chucky Hepburn saw a wide open lane. He, he took the ball to the hoop, dunked, went there. There was another time where Chucky went to the hoop on a dribble drive, leads to an open Tyler Wall right next to the restricted area, and Tyler Wall is able to just go back and put that in. The offense is just much better when, when Chucky Hepburn is willing to get dribble penetration. Clearly, clearly, clearly. And Chucky Hepburn, I thought, played pretty well. 15 points. Would have liked him to see, see him shoot fewer threes. I know at least one of those, maybe two, were all the way down the stretch. But he had 15 points, seven rebounds, three of them on the offensive glass. He had six assists and zero turnovers. That, of course, was excellent. Uh, you, you add in a couple of steals there. And I think you have a pretty solid Chucky Hepburn game, a game that I'm pretty pleased with. I also thought John Blackwell played, played a really great game. Uh, he was plus eight on the night, um, in plus minus in 23 minutes. That was really good. He had 11 points on five of eight shooting. He made one of two, three pointers, three rebounds and assist. And one of the things I really like about John Blackwell is that he's clearly just a very instinctual player. Um, and I think it would, um, I think they, they talked about it on the broadcast, just like his basketball IQ. And I, 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 this was not how I would have framed this at a moment where John Blackwell makes a baseline cut, um, that leads to a layup assisted by, by Tyler wall. Tyler wall has the ball down low. He's, you know, trapped a little bit, but he's able to get the ball out to John Blackwell. I, I don't see that even as much as, as, as a basketball IQ thing. And maybe this is just a, I, I don't know, a, a distinction without a difference. But so it's just a great instinctual play that he knows, oh, I should cut to the basket here now. And it's going to lead to an easy bucket for me. Incredibly well-timed. So, something that I think is very, very good from John Blackwell and something that I, I think we're going to see more and more of. And it's clear too that, John Blackwell is one of these players that has a lot of trust from Greg Gard. And that leads to Blackwell being in the rotation on offense, or sorry, on defensive sets down the stretch of games. And maybe he deserves to have more looks on offense as well. Because when he's out there in contributing on offense, he he plays quite, quite, quite well. Uh I've been very impressed with John Blackwell this season and continue to be. Um, needs improvement players. Stephen Crowell, I thought, did not have a great defensive night. Um, and I want to put Marcus Silver in this category. Look, the problem with Marcus Silver right now, and I know that this Badgers team probably needs something different that's not Carter Gilmore off the bench for Tyler Wall. But the problem with Ilver is that he, I do not believe, and he didn't t uh, against Indiana, he shot 0 of 2 from 3. I do not believe Marcus Ilver has attempted a shot from inside the arc yet in, in these limited minutes that he's gotten as of late. He grabbed an offensive rebound at one point in time and crashed the glass quite hard to go get it. I, th I thought that was fine. Uh, I thought that was encouraging. There, there is something where he just looks timid when he gets the ball. It's that he only thinks to shoot the three. And in this game in particular, that was something that just really wasn't what Wisconsin needed. Wisconsin needed to say, we're going to get to the hoop because this was not a, t not a game where 
Wisconsin got to the hoop at all. Indiana wasn't in, or Wisconsin wasn't in the bonus near the end of the game. Indiana had fouls to give. And I don't know that I would have wanted a Marcus Silver in, in there. Given the clear woes that Wisconsin had in, in terms of getting to the hoop at all. And I think that's part of the reason why Marcus Silver didn't see any action in the second half. Um, I thought that was probably the same decision I would have made there that uh, Greg guard did. And I want to hit on that Greg guard item real quick. Beyond just the fire alarm shenanigans. If this team can't defend or won't defend, whichever one it is, Buck stops with the head coach. And I think there's plenty here now to really reasonably start making some assessments of right guard. Two and six in the last eight games. It's not good. Haven't won back-to-back games since January. Didn't win back-to-back games at all in the month of February. This was a team that was rolling. Now doing very much the opposite of that, and you bring in a, a real solid Illinois team to the Cole Center on Saturday. Then you get another five days. To prepare for a Rutgers team that already blitzed you once. Rutgers team that looks a lot different since they got Jeremiah Williams. And you just got beat on the road by an Indiana team that's about to fire its head coach that had lost four straight of its own. And you had a full week to prepare for that game. And in some ways, couldn't get your own team up for it. Then you go out after it and spew some loser shit about Indiana fans pulling the fire alarm. Not great. Not great if you're a great guard. Got a great way to uh, get the haters off your back. And look, uh, there are some that are just simply haters. People that are just going to approach and look at this game and just say, I told you so. uh, Which... I don't think is a reasonable thing to say. Um, because the people that are just like, I told you so have been people who have been telling you so for like five years, even though they won the big 10 two years ago. Uh, yeah, it's not spectacular, not spectacular right now. And th- there's enough here and enough questions on the defensive side to really start questioning. Um, what not just the the short-term outlook for this team is, but maybe the the medium to long-term outlook for for the program is under Greg Gard, because if this team cannot, this team turns back with this entire roster minus Tyler Wall again, is that roster next year going to be able to defend? Or is that roster going to be able to scored a level high enough to make up for that lack of defense. I don't know. I think we've seen that the answer is probably not. 
And that's not great. And I do not think that Wisconsin can miss two NCAA tournaments in three years and have it not be great. Obviously, that's me and have it be acceptable. Obviously, it's me forecasting ahead quite a bit to next season and what that would be, but I think there's plenty of room to have a conversation. I have a really, 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 really hard time seeing Wisconsin fire its basketball coach if it doesn't miss the NCAA tournament. But if you get real middling play for the first third of next season as well, and it's a bubbly team, I could see there being extra pressure to pull the plug, even if that team makes the NCAA tournament. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I, I would be shocked, truly shocked to see a change happen this season, uh, considering the very high highs that this team had up until February 1st. I think it's really hard to pull the plug on a coach who had been performing at that high of a level for so long. Um, when you're a Wisconsin program that is, I mean, not, not a blue blood, not a perennial national title contender for any means. Um, the expectations are just different, but there is a certain level that this program has to uphold. And I'm coming around to the idea that if Wisconsin cannot get its defense to do anything down the stretch, oh, Greg Gard might not be the one upholding that standard. So I, I know this is a little long and rambly, um, but like I said, I, I tried I tried to take some time between the game ending and starting the record here to clear my head, and it just didn't really work. I kind of only got more frustrated. So thank you for listening to the Scotty six pack podcast. I have a piece on Wisconsin's place in the latest bracketology projections up on badger notes. You can read that. Uh, my work, my latest work on badger notes linked in the podcast description, but I highly recommend you go there for all of your badgers content, all of your badgers news and updates. When you are not listening to me, of course, uh, on this on this very here podcast. Um, but thank you for listening to the Scotty Six Pack Podcast. I've been your host, Kendrick's Numbers. You can find me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, and follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. While you are here listening on your podcast platform of choice, please leave a kind review. Five stars. Nice comments really does help other people find the show. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Scotty Six Pack. Smash that subscribe button and hit that bell. So you get notified as soon as we put new episodes into your feed. We're going to be back tomorrow talking Wisconsin hockey and the quest for the Badgers to win a back-to-back -back national title on Wisconsin. <laughs>